Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, your weekly helping of all things weddings. We're kicking off a brand new year with an episode especially for our brand new listeners, those of you who are freshly engaged and getting started with wedding planning. In our first ever episode of the podcast last year, we talked you through the first steps to take when you get engaged. And today we're taking a deep dive into one of the most important steps, your initial wedding planning conversation with your other half. So many couples dive headfirst into venue searching and wedding planning without ever really discussing the nitty gritty of what they want their wedding to be. And while we know this will change and evolve over time with logistics and budgets, being deliberate about that first conversation is so important for getting you on the right track from the very start. Yeah, there's not that many things here that we insist upon. No. <laughs> but having an initial sit-down chat with your partner is something we insist upon, not because um, we're extremely pedantic about how you live your lives, but because we think it will save you heartache in the future. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to get three months into planning your wedding and then realise that they had their heart set on a Catholic ceremony and you wanted a humanist one, or yeah. that they expected to spend 30000 on a wedding and you want to spend five. Yeah, you just don't definitely don't want to get too far down the, the line. The possibilities we to. could go on and <laughs> yes. on. So I think, yeah, it's good to hammer these things out, get a plan in place, identify some priorities, and then you can refer back to this conversation again and again. And obviously you'll be checking in throughout the whole planning process. Mm. But yeah, that initial conversation is very important. Things might change after that conversation, but the important thing is to get that chat done yes. at the start. So that's what this episode is all about. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. If you're new to the podcast, this is the moment where we dig into our wedding know-how reserves and provide you with an invaluable piece of wedding advice that will help you on the road to the big day. Now, Claire, you have got this week's tip. I have. Now, as a big fan of decoration, I'm almost loath to say it, but don't over-decorate your tables. Okay, I'm here for this one because I've been at a lot of weddings where like I don't have anywhere to put my glass. Literally. Yes, we were at an event a few weeks ago and it wasn't a wedding, it was like a corporate event. But yeah, there was just no room for anything between the menu and the brochure and the flowers so and the candles. There's a lot of decorative elements. And the like five glasses on the table and all the cutlery. So yeah, I think it's worth having a think about the size of your tables when you're planning your decoration. A lot of couples want to go big on centerpieces and add a lot of candles and texture and details, which is really nice. But don't forget that there has to be a meal put on that table and all the cutlery and plates and glasses that goes with it. Yeah, I think if you do go to like a wedding showcase where the dining room maybe is like sort of dressed up for reception or if uh, the venue have kind of got that set up when you go to view it it's worth going over to the table and having like a think and just being like okay listen a person here multiple plates multiple glasses a person there really how much spaces are going to be because it's easy to think oh it's going to look really bare and barren mm. and often the opposite is true yeah definitely you can't underestimate what like the napkins and the menu will add to the table without you having to add more details so simple centerpiece and a table number can often be totally fine 
Yeah, I love this tip. It's very minimalist of you, Claire. Thank you. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. As you mentioned up top, today we're setting the agenda for perhaps the most important conversation you'll have over the course of your wedding planning. The first one. The idea of this conversation is to hammer out some priorities, identify your non-negotiables and make sure you're on the same page for the kind of wedding you want. The goal of this chat is to prevent major crossed wires down the line. Of course, the idea of making any decisions, let alone multiple decisions, this early on can be overwhelming. So we've made a handy step-by-step guide. As Claire mentioned, an agenda of sorts to get the discussion going and to work out what you both want. So set a night aside, family meeting style, turn off the telly, maybe get in a bottle of wine or bubbly and get started. So I think making a night of it will definitely make it seem less business meeting, more like fun wedding planning. Yeah, definitely clear a couple of hours in the calendar. Yeah. Um, get a takeaway in, you know, like clear clear the distractions away. Yes. And have some like quality focus time. Yeah. And maybe a pen and paper. Pen and paper would be good. Mm. Um, you might need to use some of our posts as well. Yes. It would be a handy starting point. Definitely. But I love that we just are like giving you an agenda for your own yeah. personal <laughs> meeting. Like that's my favourite thing about this whole episode is we're like, don't mean to <laughs> micromanage your lives, but here's the agenda for the meeting that you definitely should have with your partner. And here's everything you need to discuss. Yeah. So the first question we want you and your other half to ask yourselves is what kind of wedding do you want? What are you thinking of in terms of the wedding ceremony? And what about the post ceremony celebration and reception? Uh, this is a big enough question in itself yeah. because you could identify massive um discrepancies here between what <laughs> yes. both of you want one of you might be like I thought we'd go away and the other might be like well my seventh cousin has to be there yeah. so we've talked about this on previous episode of the podcast about trying to nail down the feel and vibe of the wedding you mm. want so it might not be about specifics like it should be a winter wedding or it should be in a country house it might be more like something really relaxed something really glamorous something really big and raucous something small and intimate yeah the ceremony is definitely a good place to start so the first question is do you want a church ceremony or a civil ceremony yeah um that is a straightforward question but again can cause large rifts so it's <laughs> worth sorting out early on and then if it's a church ceremony are you both the same religion are there any preferences on what church you get married in do you have your heart set in your local one or does it not matter to either of you are all kind of questions to hammer out at this early stage um, and then if it's a civil wedding I guess think about if you want to register your office or if you'd like to get married at a special venue do you want an outdoor ceremony do you want separate venues for the ceremony reception or do you want to have it all in one place? Again, this is just an initial conversation. It's not about hammering out, well, I definitely want a humanist mm. or will I have to get married in my childhood church? It's just a, a general getting things started conversation. Yeah, and often you'll find that just hearing Claire say, ask those questions, an idea will be sparked for you or you'll have a good instinct. Like for a lot of people, it is like my family church or it might be, um, I've always wanted a ceremony in the woods or whatever. Yeah. Um, so really the aim of all these questions is not to like, please provide us with a detailed answer or even a yes, no answer. It's just about kind of trying to spark what your desires and wants are. Because it sometimes can actually be hard to figure yeah. that out, especially at the beginning. You've been to a lot of weddings in your life. You're newly engaged. You're not really you haven't thought about it that much. You're not really sure what you want. You've seen a million weddings on Instagram. You've started following uh, One Fab Day. You're like, everything is beautiful. 
Uh, so it can be hard to make decisions. So it's kind of almost a Marie Kondo spark joy moment where you're kind of trying to force your gut instinct to give you some direction. Yeah, for some people, you'll have an instant answer and other people will literally never have given it a second thought. Mm. And it's only when we're suggesting, ask yourself this specific question that you're like, oh, I suppose that's something I'm going to need to know the answer to. Yeah. And it does sound a bit obvious when we're like, what religion are you and your partner? But we have heard from couples who have like both gone off and told separate families <laughs> that they're having a different religion wedding yeah, or a yeah. different church or a different civil ceremony or whatever. Um, so it is it is worth talking about at the beginning, especially yeah. because questions will come thick and fast mm. when you've been engaged for a few months. People will start saying like, oh, and did you want to look at this venue? And you know, it's good to have answers for those. Yeah, definitely. And then when it comes to the reception or the wider celebration, I think it's good to hammer out, maybe not the specifics, but again, do you want a small and intimate party or like a big blowout reception? And Mm. I think having that like general vibe from the initial outset is really important. Yeah, I think if you're picturing like everyone you've ever gone to school with or worked with, um that's very very different to if you're just imagining you know some parents and siblings and a handful of friends there again it's really about the vibe that comes to mind and now is not really the time to think of the logistics of like oh well I'm really expected to ask this person it's all about what you want what your instincts are telling you yeah and what you think you'd be more comfortable with and what you think you and your partner both collectively would enjoy so like maybe you want one thing and they want the other but you need to this is a good time to start thinking about compromising as well yeah definitely and it's all about good instinct I think at this stage if you ask yourself this question do we want a big or a small wedding and you immediately think oh god it has to be small then that's a very visceral feeling Mm, and that you have to listen to that And the great thing about weddings these days is that there are so many different sizes and styles and formulas. And like one person, for example, if they say, I really want a destination wedding with just a handful of people. And the other person says, I want a wedding at home with everyone I've ever known. You might think, God, those things are so different. We're never going to reach compromise. But the wedding formula is so fluid these days that there are ways to to get a compromise between two things that seem really different and how you do it is by having this chat and by going yeah. well, what do you want what what are you interested in with a destination wedding is it do you want a sunny day is it do you want an outdoor ceremony is it that you want to have a bit of a holiday feel or a fan, fab day too um, and you can nail down like why you want a certain thing and definitely that's when you can start to put together a wedding that will fit both of your briefs yeah definitely so I think this is the moment where you realize your other half wants to elope or your other half wants to have a party at 300 and again it's just really good to have said that out loud from the start rather than harboring these thoughts and never actually saying it yeah the worst thing would be to for you know you to be ringing around venues going oh do you have a room for like 30 40 people and him to have already invited his entire football team yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's the point of this and guest list is loads of people have told us over the years it's one of the things that causes uh, the most stress I think for couples mm. so even though you won't nail down the size of the guest list in this chat to be able to kind of sum it up with like small intimate big elopement you know to be able to give a rough label on it is helpful yeah so question two that you need to ask yourself is the 
perhaps most unpleasant one of this yeah uh, whole conversation but what is your budget for your wedding so that's essentially how much do you want to spend first of all how much can you afford to spend and do you have a ballpark wedding budget so just to give you an indicator in ireland the average wedding costs twenty eight thousand euro Again, that's just purely indicative. You can get married for 200 euro. You can get married for 200,000 euro. Um, but it really comes down to your individual priorities. So it's about really discussing your circumstances with your other half and what you want from your wedding and what your other financial priorities are. Like, are you saving for a house? Do you plan to have a family? How, where do they rank compared to your wedding in terms of your priority of saving and the timeline you have in mind? Yeah, like I like that we've put this question quite near the beginning because it is one of the least pleasant ones. And maybe not for loads of people listening are probably like, I have no problem speaking about money. Mm. It might be an Irish thing, but it's something you just you're going to have to have chats with your partner about how much the flowers are costing or the dress or the suit or whatever it is. Yeah. So you might as well start that now and it will really, really, we promise you, it will save you some awkward chats down yeah. the line. Yeah, and again, it might seem early, but it's worth working out now. Are you going to use savings to get a loan? Are you expecting your parents to pay? Or are you using your own money? If you're going to save, do you need two years to save? And that's fine if you do, but then you're talking about planning a wedding in two years' time and it just sets a different time frame in mind. Yeah, yeah. These conversations are great for kind of helping you sort of figure out your next tasks and that's definitely one like budget can dictate the time frame in a major way. Like if you're dreaming of a big wedding, you're going to need time to save or you're going to need time to have a chat with parents, feel them out. Yeah. Uh, so all of this stuff is really important to start chatting about early. Yes, definitely. And whatever you think you can afford, you need to take off at least 12 and a half percent and make that your wedding contingency. Yeah. If you're... um. A bit spendy. You might want to raise it to 15 or 20. Yeah. If you're very thrifty, you might get away with 10. But 12.5 is our like official number. That Chances are there will be unexpected expenses and some things will cost more than you think. Yeah, you've never planned a wedding before, so you're not going to know yeah. what will pop up. Yes. So the next few questions we have are a bit more of a chicken and egg situation, as in they're all interdependent on each other. But once you chat through each of them, I think a picture will sort of emerge of the kind of day you want to have. So question three, again, a big one. Who do you want to invite? So this is obviously very heavily related to the vibe of your wedding, whether it's large or small, and your budget, of course, because for a lot of couples, the reason why they can't invite their seventh cousin or the guy from their football team or whoever it is, is related to budget and costs. Yeah, it'll also impact the choice of venue you have. So if you have your heart set on this gorgeous little intimate room, then that can only fit 30 then 30 is all you can have if you really want the room and then on the flip side of it if you want to have 250 that's the kind of venue you're looking for yeah yeah and really the venue search you need to have numbers when before you go on the venue search or else you're just going to be wasting time yeah compiling lists of things that are meaningless yeah so obviously some venues will be more flexible than others but a lot of them will have like a minimum amount so you need to have at least 120 or likewise, they'll have a maximum amount. So you do need to have within a range mm. a good idea of what your numbers will be. Yeah. So again, in this conversation, you don't need to finalise your guest list by any means. No. But you need to be able to give a ballpark. So yeah. like it might be 40, it might be 140, it might be 240. But if you can go on your venue hunt with a number, you know, where there might be maybe 20% fluctuation in that number, 
you're in a good place. Yeah, and it is at this stage, as much as you don't need to go into absolute specifics, it is worth making a list of your initial people you expect to invite because a lot of couples say 60 or 80 or 100 and then when they actually write those people down and the other halves and the children or whoever else comes Mm. along with them it actually ends up being a lot more than that so it is worth actually totting it up at this point and I'll heavily refer you to our episode on making guest list Mm -hmm. I think that one kind of covers all of the points of this and we also have a article that we'll link to in the show notes as well about this yeah no I wouldn't say there's any point doing this if you're not actually going to count out at least on your fingers yeah so I need (laughs) these siblings and their partners and because otherwise any of us could just say we'll all be happy with inviting 10 people to our wedding yeah um but it's when you realize that uh you know five of those people have children or partners that have been (laughs) excluded is when you run into tricky difficulties yeah and it's also worth like discussing the other tiers of guests that you might have because again if you have never spoken about it your other half might have very different expectations to you on where you draw the line on the guest list yeah so it's about being realistic and prioritizing at this early stage yes question four on your agenda is what is your ideal wedding venue now we're not saying it has to be whatever the castle house in cork or whatever we're not talking about specifics again we're just talking about the style of venue so do you really want like a restaurant in the city do you want a big castle in the countryside a country house somewhere more intimate a hotel just kind of have a think about where you picture your day Mm. on a beach in a field and that will help you get started to actually create a a real sense of it and a picture of it in your head yeah this would be a good time to nail down if you have a non-negotiable like if you're like I just want to get married in the woods like that's the number one thing I want yeah or if you're like I'm not comfortable in a big fancy elaborate elegant space I want something a bit more down to earth that reflects who we are you know these are the kind of questions you need to be asking yourself about venue uh of course you need to think of things like is there a late license available and um, you know is there access for my granny or whatever but mm. really at the start you're kind of more thinking about where will I be comfortable where can I imagine the kind of day that I have in my head taking place seriously yeah. and that's what I mean when I say that all these questions are kind of interdependable because the say the guest list and the venue are so reliant on each other as in mm. it's all about capacity so if you really want a restaurant wedding you might not be able to have more than 30 people but if you really want like a big country house event you can definitely have 180 so it just really depends yeah on and um, they're both very reliant on each other yeah I would say have an open mind as well because now it might not work out that way but there definitely are restaurant venues where you'll find big capacities yeah. and loads of the like amazing castle type country house venues around the world actually have an arrangement where you can have a small wedding there yeah um, as well, you just don't get exclusive use of the entire estate or whatever. So keep an open mind and don't don't worry too much about that at this yeah. stage. Yeah. But um, yeah, you definitely need to nail down the kind of vision. It's about aesthetics as well a little mm-hmm. bit. It's about where do I imagine us exchanging vows? Yeah. Or where do I imagine us giving our speeches or welcoming our guests or yeah. clinking our first glass of bubbly, you know? And then the next question is, when would you like to get married? So a lot of people, I think, have an idea in their head from long, long ago that they'd like to have a winter wedding or a summer wedding. Then there are a lot of people who just 
have never thought about it before. Um, and if you've only been to one type of wedding or the other, it might be hard for you to imagine a winter wedding, mm. for example, if you've only been to summer weddings. But the time of year, as in whether it's high season or low season, again, is really linked to things like venue availability and budget. So obviously the low season tends to be cheaper um, in most cases for most venues, except maybe the most in-demand ones. Yeah. Um, so that's why this is important at this stage yeah obviously weather and the brightness plays a role but Mm. again if you're listening in ireland or the uk or many parts of the us or europe um there's not a huge difference between summer and winter yeah but then again if you're getting married in the south of france there'll probably be a big difference so yeah it's just worth keeping like you might have your heart set on a gorgeous balmy day and having cocktails on the lawn or you might have your heart set on a wedding in the snow and neither are guaranteed with a summer or winter wedding. Yeah, yeah, definitely you have to be realistic about this. But you also have a better chance of a garden party style wedding in That's summer it. and a better chance of like cozy mulled wine around the fire in winter. Although yeah. we won't promise that there won't be a heat wave in December either. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's worth being flexible as in having a season in mind but it's a good idea to hammer down a few ideal dates. Mm. Again, this is for the next stage of your planning. When you start approaching venues, they're going to ask when you want to get married. So you're going to need to have a few dates in mind. Yeah, it's good. If you can give like a month or two of a range would be yeah. ideal. You don't want to be like, well, every Saturday in 2021. <laughs> um, but if you can have, you know, five or six ideal dates um, yeah that's a really good place to start your venue search yeah and then if they're not available they might be able to maneuver or you might be able to maneuver around them so question six now this is kind of about aesthetics really mm. uh is there a key theme color or style in your head because for some people this would be really important yeah so a lot of people will know that they want a vintage wedding or a festival mm. wedding or a tropical wedding or they might have their heart set in certain colours, like all pink, all blue, whatever. Again, it's just about airing them now because maybe your other half will tell you that they have their heart set on a 1920s flapper style party and you'll be like, V-show straight yeah. away. So again, you're never going to be hammering these down at this stage, but it's just worth airing them and noting down all your ideas early on. And again, it might help you with deciding on a venue because they might play a role in which mm. one you choose. I think it's good in the agenda for this meeting, which still makes me laugh saying it because we've made <laughs> up an agenda for a meeting that's not happening. But you'll all have the meeting and you'll yeah. all appreciate the agenda. It's good to make room for people to have like a mad quirky desire because there like have been uh, real wedding questionnaires that we've been sent in where the person said my number one priority was to have a magician at the wedding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously loads of people say I want a relaxed day. I want my family to have a great time. I want to express my love. I want to celebrate. I want to have a great big party. You know, there are loads of priorities that we hear over and over and over again. And then there are loads of people who are like, I'd like stormtroopers at my wedding. <laughs> and that's one thing that they've like latched onto and they would just love to have and it would absolutely make their day. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is an area where you can kind of feel free to like throw out if you have had a, a wild idea I'm not saying make up wacky offbeat ideas for the sake of it but if there is something like that in you that's like yeah. dying to come out like you really want your dog to be there for example there's, yeah. that's really important to you you've thought about it already um something like that it's good to bring it up at this point 
Yeah, because we've talked about it before, but this is the stage of the wedding where the sky really is the limit mm. and before any rules or logistics get imposed on you. So there's no reason why you can't have fun and then maybe only 10% of those like wacky ideas make it through. But, you know, instead of an army of stormtroopers, you could just have one stormtrooper. <laughs> or you could have stormtroopers stationary or yeah. whatever. Um, there's obviously a way to, like, climb down off that <laughs> hill a little bit if you do have a really wacky idea. Um, but I think, yeah, like, very few people are going to have a Star Wars-themed wedding or they're going to have... A, I mean, we've seen several. <laughs> we have we have seen several. Or, like, a my dog-themed wedding. We've also seen several yeah. of those. <laughs> One couple we had uh, had their cake shaped like their cat, which I enjoyed. Uh, one couple chose the venue because it had a stable for their horse. Yeah, for their own horse that yeah. they owned that yeah. they wanted to bring with them. Um, so yeah, definitely don't feel like you have to have themes or like colours or aesthetics nailed down or anything. But definitely think of this as uh, a time to air any kind of unorthodox desires that you might yes. have and of course know that you can always pair them back yes my favorite part about that cat wedding cake was that she couldn't eat it then because she didn't want to cut it <laughs> she was like i didn't think about it and then when it came to cut the cake i just couldn't do it i'd like to think her guests like took it away that and ate someone it. cut the cake <laughs> it was very impressive cake in fairness yes um, so after you have this conversation, you might be excited or you might be incredibly overwhelmed, but hopefully either way, you'll have a clear picture of how you guys want your day to be. And definitely, I would say, I know we've set this agenda, but like if let's say the first two questions have just sparked this massive discussion and debate and you're an hour into the chat and you haven't gotten onto question three, I would say like take a breath, maybe leave it and go come yeah. back to it next week. Yeah, especially it can if you've be a been, series of meetings. It can, yeah. <laughs> if you have the time as well, if you don't yeah. have like a really short wedding planning period. But um definitely remember not like don't get don't allow this meeting to become really unfun and yeah. uh, a big massive chore. That's what the wine's for. <laughs> That's what the wine we told you to get in is for. Um and if there is something that like let's say right off the bat the whole what kind of ceremony are we going to have is like thrown up a load of more questions and a load of issues I think it's worth going okay maybe we'll do this again next week we'll both go away and have a think about it um don't feel pressure to cover every base here in one meeting it's it it, for a lot of couples they will be able to they'll realize throughout the course of this meeting Jesus we're really like on the same page already this is great um obviously it won't work out for everyone but regardless of where you fall on that spectrum you'll end up having an amazing wedding that's like a lovely compromise for both of you yeah definitely there's compromises to be made in every single one of these questions so whatever you do don't fall out over it you're planning a big party to celebrate your love mm. and it's not worth having a row about no it's not um ideally when you've chatted through these points you'll be ready to go on your venue search yeah now as i said it might take two meetings to get there or whatever or you might need if you have a long <laughs> a wedding planning period you might decide it's too soon. We want to take a month off and just yeah. relax for a while. Um, but once these areas are covered, it's venue search time. Yes. Um, and we'll be talking about that in about two weeks time. Mm, we've got lots of very helpful planning episodes coming up that feed into this episode. Yes. Yeah, so I think the most important thing to accompany this conversation is we have a step by step agenda written out in a feature, mm. which we'll link to in the show notes. And we also have additional reading for every single one of these topics. So everything from making a budget to find, working out what style of wedding you want 
And we also have a lot of podcast episodes on all these topics too. Yeah. I feel like there is kind of a tree structure here that could happen <laughs> where your very early days wedding planning, you're on our feature, you're ready for your meeting and then you go, well, maybe I'll just research like how I'm supposed to pick my venue and maybe I'll just research how to like define the numbers in a guest list. But I'd say resist going way yes. deep on all that research yet because um, there is time for that. This is more about discussing your feelings and getting yeah. your likes and dislikes out. Yeah, definitely. And if you're new to the podcast, we do tend to have answers to a lot of the questions on the site. But if there's anything you can't find, get in touch with us and we'll be able to point you in the right direction. One fab day, listener dilemmas. Each week on the podcast, we have a route around our digital mailbag and pull out an email or a DM with a dilemma from one of our listeners, which hopefully we'll be able to help with. This week, Selena has chosen a music-related conundrum. So this listener writes... My fiancé and I are struggling to pick our first dance song. We both have a song in mind that we'd like to use. However, I feel like we cannot use it. The reason is that a couple of years ago, a close friend of ours used the song for their first dance. My fiancé believes that, as we discussed dancing to that song way before our friends got married, we should be fine using the same song. He also believes that it's our wedding, so we should do what makes us happy. While I agree, I also don't want to step on any toes and do something that might not be considered proper wedding etiquette. Maybe I'm thinking too far into this, but it has been a real concern of mine. So the question here is, I suppose, is it socially acceptable to use the same first dance song that your friends have used? Yes. And I would say yes. (laughs) I would say if someone is worried about that, they're probably going to be, you're probably offended them the last time you'd looked them in the eyes, you know? Yeah, and I hope I don't offend any of my friends when I say I can't remember anyone's (laughs) first dance song. I've definitely danced multiple times uh, or witnessed multiple first dances to Al Green's Let's Stay Together. That's a nice one. It's a classic. Um, And, you know, nobody owns a monopoly on a song except... You can't own Al Green. (laughs) You can't own Al Green. We say it all the time in the podcast and we'll say it again. Um, So I definitely don't think you need to worry. It's nice that you're considering that. Yeah. And uh, probably your friends who you're talking about are going to be there and you're a bit worried that they'll go, ooh, they use this song as well. But uh, I, d- I don't expect them to have those kind of feelings. And if they do, I think let them off. I mean, they're, they're you know, if you can get upset about that, you can get upset about yeah. the napkins on the table, you know? I mean, if I was very concerned, you might want to check in. Not even, you're not asking them permission. You're just letting them know like, oh, by the way, we're having the same song as you. Like, that's really nice. We'll have that in common kind of thing. Yeah. Letting them know, but not asking their permission. But it's definitely not improper etiquette to have the same song. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I, Ross. I, Ross. Take the Emily. Take the Rachel. Take the Rachel. Step away from the spreadsheets. As much as we eat, live and breathe weddings, we also know that there comes a time when you need to close your laptop, 
get off Instagram and do something completely entirely unrelated to weddings. So Claire, you've got a recommendation for us this week for a non-wedding related activity. Yeah, so this is something I want to try. So I thought I'd bring our lovely listeners along with me. Um, is attend a swap shop or go on a thrift trail. So I've been spotting lots of these on Instagram. Um, particularly Sustainable Fashion Dublin have been doing mm. them. Um, and they do them for all different kinds of styles as well. And they do them for all different sizes, which I really like. And so either they have swap shops where everyone brings items of clothing that are really nice that they would be happy to give a friend not like your rubbish that you don't want um and then everyone swaps clothes and they have a whole system behind it to make sure it's really fair um or they do thrift trails which are kind of like you go to an area that has a lot of nice charity shops and you stop in them and you might stop for tea or drinks along the way and it just sounds like a nice social way to do it as well and uh, I think given that it's the start of the year and everyone's mm. trying to turn over a new leaf, I think if your aim is to be a bit more sustainable this year, it's a nice way to start. Yeah, definitely. This time of year, I think even if you are a bit of a lush and you love a new purchase, you're probably all spent out from yeah. Christmas and you probably do want to do a bit of a cleanse. Mm. Um, so this is a really mindful way to shop, I think. Um, you're definitely not going to come home with like two bags worth of clothes that you didn't even consider. It's, um, yeah, a very, yeah, a very mindful way to go about adding a piece or two to your wardrobe and meet some fun like-minded people as well. Yes, and any time I buy something in a charity shop, it always ends up being the more quirkier, cooler item in my wardrobe that I would not necessarily have picked up on the high street. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a good way to get some fun items for your wardrobe for the new year and those tend to be the things you keep forever as well yeah. as opposed to the like oh, i got two pairs of jeans and four black t-shirts the charity shop finds are often the like iconic staples of the wardrobe yes i love this one the one fab day wedding podcast that's it for today's episode of the one fab day wedding podcast thank you so much for listening As always, we love to hear from you. So whether you've got a burning question or tips or recommendations to pass on, do send them our way. For emails, we're hello at onefabday.com or you can slide into our DMs on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, we're hoping that you'll do us a solid and review the podcast on iTunes. It only takes two minutes and it really helps other would-be listeners to find the show. And before we go, we have to mention onefabday.com. January is our busiest time on the site for essential wedding planning content. We've got the most gorgeous real weddings going up daily, as well as wedding-related giveaways all month long. So make sure you pay us a visit. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.